0: Hi, everybody. I'm Jordan Ostroff with Legalese Marketing, and this is Exhibit A Attorneys where we interview attorneys and other experts across the country to learn what it truly takes to be the Exhibit A of a successful attorney. Today's episode, a little bit different. We're going to be talking about how to efficiently grow your law firm through the art of delegation. And for that topic, we wanted to bring on one of the go-to experts, certainly in the legal space. So we have Kristen Tyler, for those of you that don't know, uh, is the co-founder of Law Clerk, where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. She's also a partner at the law firm of Garmin Turner Gordon, where she practices in trust and estates. In addition to being a lawyer and an entrepreneur, she's a proud mom and firm believer that the practice of law can be rewarding despite its daily demands. So far, deep in my heart of hearts, I totally agree with everything that we've said so far. Um, for those of you that don't know, Law Clerk provides the only ABA-compliant nationwide marketplace where attorneys can hire a freelance lawyer to help with any written legal work they would otherwise delegate to an associate or a paralegal. Their technology is built to comply with each state's ethical rules. There are no sign-up fees or monthly fees. Law clerk was built by attorneys for attorneys. So another person near and dear to my heart, the attorney with that side hustle solving a huge problem in the marketplace. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Well, thank you for the invite, Jordan. I really appreciate that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Intro. Uh, what do we What do we miss in the intro?
1: What did you miss? No, I think you hit it. I mean, yeah, my story is just I am an attorney. I still have a small practice. Um, it's it's I've had to scale it back, which is a weird thing when we're talking about law, law firm growth. But uh, you know, our little startup company, which launched in 2018, is. Not so little anymore. Law Clerk has grown very quickly. We're helping thousands of attorneys nationwide, and it's really exciting to see the changes that we're making these lawyers' lives and their practices. So I'm happy yeah. to be here with you and talk about all that today.
0: Yeah, and uh, and I mean, my firm did the same thing. Once I started Legally's marketing, the firm has since become smaller, but also more profitable. You know, it's always wonderful well, to see how sometimes those things go hand in hand. For sure, for sure. All right, so today we're going to be talking about the art of delegation, how to efficiently grow your firm. Uh, For anybody, obviously, stay here for this show. If you have any questions, you can leave them here. We will answer them live. After the show is over, if you really want to get more insight and wisdom from some amazing uh, attorneys and experts across the country, just like Kristen, just like me, you can listen to our last episode. That was with Jay Ruane. We talked about everything to know from A to Z about social media marketing. That show was on last Thursday. So everything you need to know A to Z about social media marketing. Today we are talking about the art of delegation. So Kristen, when it comes to delegation, I always like to start out with like that simple basic foundation. What is delegation? What is delegating? What are we talking about here?
1: So to me, it's, it's really narrowing in on what what are you best at? What is the best use of your time? Because I have a sign in my office that says "Time is precious. Waste it wisely." And so when you really tap into the fact that we all have the same twenty four hours in the day, um, and attorneys I think are even more so keenly aware of the value of their time, especially those who bill on in hourly increments. But you know when you when you're really focused on that and you want to drive higher efficiency, higher profitability with your business you get to a point that you kind of come to a crossroads and you're like, okay, I've got to start letting go of some of the things that take up a lot of my time so that I have more time to focus on the things that are the best use of my time. And to me, that's the whole process of delegation. And I think that there can be technology solutions along the way. I think there can be human power solutions along the way. And the trick is just to uh, I, I think go through a mindfulness activity to figure out what you need to get off of your to-do list onto someone else's and what's the best way to accomplish that.
0: Yeah, and it's always interesting to me because I, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, attorneys, we we were often raised on the billable hour and you know, really the valuation of trading time for money from that standpoint. And so it's always interesting when you have attorneys that know that from the legal side, but then working with them to get that from the business side Seems to be a whole nother concept, and so I just I love the concept of Law Clerk being able to really allow that. I don't want to say one-off attorney help, but like that outsourcing some of those attorney needs so that you can focus on sometimes the business, other times a certain you know a different part of the case. But it's just it's such a better flexibility than they'd otherwise have.
1: For sure, for sure. And maybe I'll just interject for anyone who isn't familiar with Law Clerk and give a really short summary of what we are. But you know sure. we're the gig economy for lawyers. So we help connect. Busy attorneys, whether you're a solo, a small firm, a media firm, a big firm, whatever. We connect attorneys with our network of freelance lawyers that you can hire, like Jordan said, for one-offs, project-based work. You can work with the same person on repeat, ongoing over the life of a case, or with our new subscription option, you can get a deeper, you know, higher level of help in a certain number of hours every month. So it's a very, very flexible way to get help. And we'll talk about some of the benefits that I'm sure throughout this conversation. But just if you aren't familiar with Law Clerk yet, we're at lawclerk.legal. That's the gist. So when you hear us talking about Law Clerk and what we're doing, hopefully that um, kind of fills in that blank if you weren't already aware. So that's that's the
0: whole idea. Do you, and this is just a a question that I had as you were talking about that. Do you have a lot of people that are both on law clerk to do specific work and get specific help, or does it tend to be more people are there for one or the other?
1: The majority are either there to hire help or to freelance. Okay, so we have two sides. However, there are several hundred attorneys nationwide that have both types of accounts because attorneys can have both types of accounts. And that's really interesting to us because it kind of shows us the natural ebb and flow of the practice of law of law. Sometimes you're busy, you know, it's kind of, sometimes it can be feast or famine, especially when you're starting out. And to me, the even more exciting thing is, um, especially over the last six months, we've had a number of people that started out with freelancers as freelancers with us. And they have since grown their own firms because they use Law Clerk as a way to supplement their income while they're growing. And they're now on the site hiring help. And that is so exciting for me. I, I reached out to several of them because I'm like, I just have to know like what's going on with your business and are you still going to do freelance work or not? Because obviously we've relied on them to do some of our, our work for a lot of years and to see them now uh, implementing outsourcing as a tool in their practice as they're growing and getting very busy is just, I mean, a full circle moment that it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, and I love, you know, you're talking about what's the best use of your time, and also I always tell people include what's the most enjoyable use of your time as well. You know, the tasks that aren't worth your time and that you hate doing, I think should be the first ones to go, and then you know, you work your way through what's not worth it and what don't you enjoy. Do you agree with me on that?
1: I agree with you 100%. We talk about all the time, what are the things you don't have time to do? Um, What are the things you don't want to do? And that's okay. If you've done a certain task in your law firm for years and years and you're really good at it, but you just don't really want to write another motion for summary judgment, like that's okay. That's something that you get to a point in your career, you can delegate that. Have someone else do, you know, the intensive work of a little bit of research, drafting the document, getting it teed up and get it, you know, 80, 85% of the way done for you to then come in and review. It's okay to just want to delegate uh, some of the things you don't want to do.
0: Yeah, mine has always been e-filing. So I started out as a state <laughs> attorney and we had what I thought was an automated e-filing system. Turns out it went to a specific person who then typed in the 15 steps because there was no like open API. And I don't know if there is anymore or not. I've since removed myself from it enough, but that was my first thing that I was like, I hate the 14 pages to get a document filed on you know every single case. Great thing to outsource for sure, for sure so when we're talking about this delegation though is it important to talk about what to delegate first or is it more important to talk about how to delegate the right way first what's let's talk
1: about the the initial approach and so i think before we dig in i want to challenge anyone who's watching who's curious about this like literally get out your to-do list okay so this is mine i I went through i updated it yesterday it's scary okay
0: oh I i thought it was blank for a second but that's the back
1: Oh, I'm just not going to show you because there's client names on here. So, um, you know, you literally get your to-do list, whether you keep it on paper like me or electronic, like look at it. What are things that have been sitting there for a while because you either can't find the time to do them? Maybe you're not sure how to approach it, or again, you don't want to do it. You know, I really want to challenge you as we are going through this conversation to maybe identify one or two things on your task list that have been there a little bit longer for whatever reason, and just be thinking about those specific things as we're having this conversation. Because when it comes to delegating, I really do think it's an art. Um, I don't think it's anything you can ever uh, uh, perfect. And in fact, my husband would probably laugh that I'm teaching this class today because he's always like you need to get some more help with this, this, or that, or you're doing too many things. And so I'm definitely, I'm laughing when I'm here. I'm supposed to be your exhibit A attorney. Like that's laughable because no one is a master at delegation. Everyone can be better. So let's just preface it with that. Um, but I think that, you know, step one is just coming to the point of realizing, okay, my firm has evolved and that's a good thing. You know, when you start out, especially for all those solos out there, man, the hustle is real. When you launch your firm, you're doing everything. You're Probably answering the phone. You might be doing some DIY marketing. Jordan's going to cringe at that.
0: Um, no, you if are, it, you know. Honestly, sometimes I think people do a better job themselves. It's people try to cheap in, they try to cheap out on the outsource and it loses any of that personality.
1: Right, right. So, you know, you launch your firm, you're doing all the things. You're doing client intake, you're, um, you know, preparing for hearings, you're handling court, you're handling settlement conferences, you're drafting documents, you're writing blogs for your website. Like, you're doing all the things. And that's, great up to a certain point because then you know exactly how to do everything in your firm so that later on when you're managing people, you can make sure they're doing things properly. And you also set the tone for you know your firm culture and your style that you work with clients and all of these things, your reputation in the legal community. So it's great as you're starting out to be very hands-on in all the things, but you're going to get a point to a point, hopefully, where you grow and it's just not feasible anymore, because because again, there's only 24 hours in the day. So at that point, you need to start looking at I think all options for where do you get help. Open yourself up to help, and then figure out what are the things uh, that you don't want to be doing or you shouldn't be doing. A great way for attorneys to go through that too is if you're kind of like, well, I don't really know, like. Um, when you're going through your pre-bills, I think everybody prints out pre-bills to review before you mail them out to the client, you know, or you do it electronically. Maybe don't print them. I'm old school, so I print them. I know I'm killing trees. I'm sorry. But um, look at your bills for the last month and look at those things on your bills that took a large chunk of time, you know. Um, Be honest with yourself. Was that really the best thing for you to be spending a lot of time on, on that work? Or, um, you know, would it have been something that, Had you had an associate on staff, virtual or otherwise, you know, would it have been a better move for you to delegate it to them, have them take a first stab at the first draft and move on? So your pre-bills for past month's works can give you a lot of clues about the things that are eating up big chunks of your time that might be better to get off your plate. So there's, there's another clue. But the first step is to identify that you're at the point you need help and to um, get yourself to the place where you're open to getting help. Because I think there are some pretty common myths about outsourcing too, Jordan, that I think lawyers get stuck telling themselves. I'm curious if you ever find yourself stuck on any of those or what would be an obvious one to you about when it comes to
0: outsourcing and getting help? Like from a legal perspective or just from a business perspective in general? From a business perspective in general, yeah. So I mean, the biggest things with outsourcing that I find is inconsistency in labor. So if you are outsourcing on, you know, Fiverr or Upwork, a lot of times you will find a fantastic person, but then they will build up into coming out of your price range or they'll no longer be on the platform. And then you're stuck kind of scrambling for somebody else um, or going to a much different rate, depending upon how much you're invested. Uh, That's when we come across a lot for our clients, especially with like social media marketing out of another country or something before us.
1: For sure. For sure. I hear that one too. I hear people say, well, you know, who are these you know, in my world, I'm talking all about freelance lawyers. So, uh, you know, um, people say, well, who are these freelance lawyers? Why can't they get a real job? You know, how do I know their work's going to be good? Um, and so we hear that one all the time. We pulled some data recently on our freelancers. On average, the freelance lawyers and law clerk are out of law school at least 11.6 years. So they're not wow. new. Yeah, yeah. 11.6 years. That's a lot of years. Um, and we have a lot of them, especially the, the really active freelancers who actually are semi-retired or fully retired, but just like genuinely love the practice of law and can't fully give it up even though they don't want to manage their own firm any longer, which is interesting to me. But um, so I always like to highlight the fact that when you're um, working with a dedicated legal outsourcing site like law Clerk, and there's lots of them out there, guys. Um, I mean, I could name a gazillion of our competitors. I mean, if you're in, in – not I don't even think they're competitors because – we each fit different needs for what different lawyers. So, if for whatever reason law clerk doesn't fit your need, then go look at someone else. Like, if you need help with appearance work, go look at appearme.com. Um If you need help in California, a lot of attorneys there work with Hire and Esquire. I mean, there's lots of regional ones and they're all a little bit different. So, there's a lot of resources out there. Um, but yeah, that is one of the big ones we hear uh, people, we hear lawyers telling themselves to avoid delegation and outsourcing is that they don't think they'll be able to find the right kind of talent. That's definitely a big one. Another common one, do you ever catch yourself thinking this one, Jordan, is, um, well, it'll just, it takes too long to explain this to someone, so I'll just do it myself. You ever like the whole, like, it takes too long to delegate?
0: Well, that's a, to me, that's a internal systems problem.
1: Yes, yes. I I agree. And, you know, I love to break this down with examples of, you know, um, say you have uh, know, opposing party just filed a motion, you need to write an opposition. So you know it's going to take a big chunk of time to really dig into that motion, maybe find a few cases to support your position, draft up the opposition, etc. Like that's probably at least a six to eight hour piece of work. Um, And let's say you give this to someone on your team or an outsourced resource and you spend a half an hour uh, giving them the documents, explaining the situation, giving your instructions. That's a half an hour. For them to then turn around and probably work six to eight hours. I mean, that's a full workday or, you know, for some lawyers, a half a workday, but um, it's a big chunk of time and that can free up your time instead to be working on the business, the marketing or meeting with new clients, bringing in new business to the firm. And so when you avoid that, that big chunk of time of the six to eight hours of substantive work and accept the fact that, yeah, you're going to have a half an hour to tee them up to get the work started. You're going to have, you know, maybe an hour to review and edit the document at the end, hopefully it's no more than an hour or two at max. You're still saving a lot of hours and it's a, it's a time saver. But, um, and certainly I had some best practices I wanted to maybe talk about later on when you implement best practices and you start to hone your skills at delegating um, and you get better and better at it, it's just gonna be more efficient every time as you go.
0: Yeah, and, and the upside of everybody being more remote has been. We all have Zoom. We all have Google Meet. You know, if you've got any sort of an account on them that you pay for, you can upgrade or you can um, record. And so, like I've talked to so many attorneys, and I'm like, hey, when you have that, you know, obviously this isn't going to be for that six to eight hour hearing, but um, but when you're talking about those recurring, repetitive tasks, those yep. notice of appearance filing, something like that, you know, do it once, record your screen, and then just push that on. And so this way, you're taking you know forty five extra seconds but they've got a whole video of how to do this step-by-step with the systems, you know, with the screen share, with everything in there. Um, And so it's been a lot, you know, I've seen a lot of people actually do a much better job delegating based on being remote.
1: Absolutely. I mean, so many of these tools that felt foreign to a lot of lawyers 13, 14 months ago are secondhand now. Like we're used to using these tools to work remotely. So that really opens up the door to working with an outsourced virtual resource like a freelance lawyer, that may have otherwise a year ago felt a little uncomfortable because it was different. So that's a big advantage for sure. And definitely using tools like Loom where you can make little videos of instructions that can be sent time and time again or whatever video tool you use can be a big time saver. So um, definitely think that there, the time-saving advantages outweigh any of the work that you will have to incur to properly set up the work and supervise it on the back end, so. Well, um, it's-
0: it's one of those, it, it's going to snowball and compound, you know, if you're talking about something that normally takes five minutes every time, you're like, ah, eh, it's only five minutes. But if you're doing it, you know, five times a week, and then you multiply that by that time, or if you're, you know, if it's that big motion, and you've got a similar motion dismiss on 35 cases, now you're talking about, you know, over a month of time savings, if you figure eight hours each one by having the right person, be able to take that off the plate of your team.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, well, let's talk a little bit about what are some tasks from our perspective that would be, um, you know, really, uh, prime candidates for delegation. And again, when you look at a law firm, there, there's so many aspects of running a business, um, that can be outsourced and delegated, whether you need help on the business side of things with, a marketing plan, outsourcing that to an outside expert. You need help with the accounting and finances of the firm. There's a lot of ways you can get part-time CFO, quarter-time CFO, help to manage the finances and the AR, go collect on those receivables. Like there's a lot of those types of tasks that you can outsource and delegate so that you're not spending hours on the phone trying to get clients to pay those bills. You have someone else who's very well-versed in doing that, doing that in a very professional way on your behalf. I mean, other big candidates that come to mind are, of course, Answering the phones, that first line of intake and customer service and trying to build that rapport to to connect with a potential new client and land them. Um, Countless administrative tasks around the firm. I mean, you if you name it, if it's taking you time, it's something that you probably again need to look at. Is there a technology option or a human power option? Whether it's uh, a project assistant, a paralegal, an attorney, whatever. Who do you need to conquer the things that are taking up too much of your time that you know you shouldn't be doing? Because come on, you, we we know we shouldn't be doing them, but we all get caught doing them from time to time. So,
0: well, uh, and I love that you you had that moment. You know, you were talking about if it's an attorney, paralegal, law clerk. Not only you know the biggest thing about delegating that I see is people get things. You know, getting getting over the hump of delegating anything is a huge hump, but the next one becomes delegating it to the right person. And so there are going to be things that ideally are have to be done by a lawyer in some manner. So you may see a benefit delegating that to another lawyer through law clerk versus delegating that to your paralegal, especially if it's a, you know, overly serious case, if it's something that's, you know, semi new to the firm, if it's something the paralegal's never done before, you know, you may have better issues there as opposed to just delegating it to somebody else versus delegating it to the right other person.
1: For sure. And I think one thing I encounter a lot is that Uh, A lot of attorneys who maybe do have a paralegal on their team that they work together a lot of years, they're, they're accustomed to delegating certain types of work to that paralegal, and that's fine, but they don't oftentimes consider the fact that they could maybe engage a freelance lawyer to do that work for them on a limited capacity basis, and it might get done to a different level with a different degree of review and skill and expertise that the trained eye of an attorney can see and analyze that a paralegal maybe can't, even, even a very experienced paralegal. Um, and it's funny now, my paralegal that I work hand-in-hand with in my practice, a lot of times she's like, if I give her something, she's like, maybe maybe you should put this on Law Clerk instead. I'm like, okay, hint taken, yes.
0: <laughs> I love um, that.
1: But, but and that's yeah, a, and
0: that's such a good team mentality where she feels comfortable just being like, "This probably is better on somebody else's
1: plate." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's not have me fudge this up before you just go get another lawyer to do it. So, but yeah, so definitely challenge yourself if there's things you've been doing for a lot of years, and even if they've been working, like consider the fact that maybe delegating them in a different way. What again? Whether it's technology or uh, through Law Clerk or something like this, there might be a better way to get things done that you're already delegating as well. So. Um, But, of course, when you get into the world of substantive legal work, which is where I am uh, well-versed with law clerk, you know, we do all of the written work. We're not doing any appearance work, and so we are geared to help attorneys in the background under their supervision with time-consuming written work. Of course, that includes everything from research projects, uh, helping manage discovery in a gazillion ways, whether it's document review, uh, organizing documents, creating timelines. Uh, developing discovery strategy plans, preparing discovery requests or responses. There's like so much we can do with discovery. And universally, you know, one thing, one common trait I find with all litigators is I think they all equally despise discovery. So, you know, if you are one of those lawyers out there that's like, oh, discovery, you know, definitely think about ways that you can delegate some of those tasks to get them off your chart and get someone else to do them who doesn't mind doing them, wants to do them. Um, Moving on from that, of course, then we get into the nitty gritty. You know, all of the litigation documents, whether it's, you know, a complaint or a demand letter, complaints, motion practice, uh, settlement conference briefs, trial briefs, uh, motions the limit, appellate briefs, etc. Any sort of litigation document is, fun, you know, prime fodder to go up and be outsourced to a freelance lawyer. That's just a no-brainer. But we also ab- a significant amount of our work is also transactional, and I think that's something that surprises some lawyers: is that we probably see around thirty-five to forty percent of our work is more transactional based. So, any type of contractor agreement, you know, um, uh, intellectual property stuff, real estate work, um, leases, deeds, um, and then also. This segues into what I call, call, excuse me, the miscellaneous category, which is kind of creative. And so we even have people that will outsource to help get marketing materials. They say, look, I get asked the same question from my clients 400 times a month. And I'd really like to have a little cute PDF handout that I could give them to answer this question, but I don't want to work on it. So they can, you can delegate that to get FAQs written or uh, blogs. We have a lot of criminal defense attorneys that anytime something big happens in the news and there's like some, you know, salacious headline with some celebrity or something with uh, a criminal charge, they'll log in right away and hire one of our freelancers to write a blog about it so that they can get it up right away and generate some SEO traffic on on that. So that's kind of interesting, but Um, you know, another way that I see lawyers and freelance lawyers collaborating is kind of through a mentorship aspect. And that's exciting to me as well. We see a lot of junior attorneys that are hanging a shingle, starting their own firm, and they are, um, searching out to find freelance lawyers who have, higher level of experience than them, again, some of those retired or semi-retired attorneys, just to kind of have another set of eyes on work to basically, you know, if maybe they, you know, got the motion from opposing counsel, they already drafted their opposition. So they did the work. They just want someone else to look at it with a different perspective another set of eyes to issue spot. Like, you know, okay, here's the motion, here's my opposition. What am I missing? What should I be arguing more? What's not clear? You can you can get another opinion like you would if you worked in a larger firm and you were gonna just walk down the hall to get one of your uh, colleagues' opinions. You can do that in a virtual outsourced way very affordably.
0: One of our guys That's what I was gonna say because I hear that so often with attorneys that like it's the the loneliness of going solo, like not from the having nobody to talk to in general having nobody to you know bounce those ideas off of devil's right. advocate etc.
1: Exactly. And a lot of people have that informally, but I think a lot of people also would feel bad asking their buddy that they have lunch and coffee with a few times a year to be like, hey, can you read this 24-page motion and you know tell me what I did wrong? That's a lot. That's a lot to ask. You need to pay someone to do that, especially to get their expertise. Um, one of our attorneys out of I think it's Kansas really has taken this to the next level. He does what I call polling the audience where he doesn't just hire one of our freelancers to review it. He'll, he'll hire, we've seen anywhere from two to five. So say, you know, he hires three freelancers, gives them all the same motion and opposition, and just says, read these both, tell me who wins and why, and tell me any issues I'm missing in my opposition. So he'll even pull the audience to like really get a deeper perspective on it, which is creative. Um, and we also see people uh, paying just to get like phone time with other lawyers. Like they say, Uh, I represent a small business in Florida. We have this issue that's come up with a contractor in Texas. I need to talk to someone in Texas who handles uh, construction litigation uh, sometime in in the next 48 hours and I'll pay you for your time. So like even a phone call, that's fine. You can get on and get your help. But we see a lot of creative ways people can outsource. And so I definitely want to challenge people who are considering trying to delegate more work, get creative, okay? Um, No matter what your pain point is that you can't find the time to complete, don't want to complete. No, you shouldn't be doing yourself because it's not the best use of your time. There's a way to get help for it. And just, you just got to get creative. So, yeah. And another thing I love is I think when you're, I I don't know if, are most of your viewers usually solos or small firms, Jordan?
0: Uh, For the most part, I believe so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the best things about being at a solo firm or a small firm is you can try things out and if they don't work, you can shift gears. You can fail fast. Um, tr- try them out. What's the worst thing that happened? It, it, maybe it's not a fit for you and you find a different solution that is. But that's another thing is I think people get kind of caught up and when they decide to do something, they feel like they're like committing to the long haul when really you're not. Try it work, you know, try it a few times. And if it doesn't work, then accept the fact this isn't the right solution and move on and find a different one. But uh, you definitely got to try it out before you know if it's a fit or not.
0: So we're talking about this, you know, delegation, <clears throat> excuse me, to help people grow a firm. And obviously there's there's multiple components of that. One being allowing you to actually spend time growing your firm. But before we kind of transition into a little of those things, are what are what the what are the key points or top tips in terms of like how to delegate? You know we've talked about some of the things to do like how, how do you make sure that somebody has this project organized correctly is that am sure. i phrasing that right
1: yes definitely um so definitely we have some best practices and tips in that regard for people who are new to delegation uh, number one if you go to our website lawcrack.legal The top blue bar has a page called Attorney Resources. We have a delegation worksheet there. So definitely encourage you to go download that if you feel like you need a little help to think through all these things. But you're know, you going to want to, of course, include things about your deadline, whether you want an initial draft and win, Um, whether the deadline's firm or flexible. If you have a firm deadline that that can't be moved, make sure they know if they're committing to do this work, it's got to be done by this date. You're going to want to include any... Um, you know, specifications about word count or page length so that they don't go way over that. And then you're stuck trying to edit down documents. You're also going to want to include tips about writing style. You know, for example, when I'm outsourcing some of the work in my probate practice, I'd like to highlight for the freelancer, look, my probate judge hears 150 cases every week. They are a high volume. They got to move. Don't, Muddy things up with a bunch of legalese. Um, You got to write very conversationally to the point and don't put anything in that isn't critical. You got to keep it short and simple. I call it the the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. Uh, But, you know, we got to write to the judge that make it as easy for him to process and understand, hopefully grant my petition uh, without causing him a lot of headache because of the volume he has. And so a lot of lawyers aren't used to that conversational style of writing, but that's my style. That's what we do. So any of those tips are, of course, things that you're going to want to go into in depth, um, in addition to the general scope of work. You know, this is the piece of work I need. Um, I expect that you're going to cover XYZ issues. I think this is probably eight to 10 hours of work. If you, if you find something else beyond this scope of work, let me know, let's talk about it, um, et cetera, et cetera. Now, of course, some of these things, um, like for example, let's say you are a family law attorney in a lot of divorce cases you probably have a sample set of uh, requests for production of documents or for interrogatories that you've used before. And so maybe you have a new case where you need to have those customized for a specific set of circumstances. Maybe you're looking for certain financial documents or whatever, but certainly giving the freelancer your kind of template to work from and to customize is gonna also advance the progress to get you the work product that you have in mind that you want. So we always encourage people to, Give forms where you have them for them to work off of as a template. And that could also be, uh, you know, we have another uh, like a commercial lease. Maybe you, you, you know, you work and you have a client that does, has a lot of strip malls and you've got a a kind of a standard lease that just needs to be customized for new tenants from time to time. That's a great thing to hand over to a freelance lawyer along with a checklist of these are the terms for the client, build them into the document and away they go. So definitely want to share those um, templates and instructions.
0: Yeah, it always Um, cracks me up. You know, you go to law school and they're like, if you copy even two sentences from anything else, we're going to kick you out. And then you go to real work and they're like, if you start anything from scratch and don't use the template, You're gonna be so behind on your hours that the client's gonna fire us.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and I think my last, uh, well, a couple other tips, but one would be when you hire someone, whether it's to answer your phones, help with marketing, write motions for you, when they have questions, Be responsive. I know you have 400 things coming at you every hour of the day when you're a busy attorney, but you really have to make yourself available and be responsive in a quick time so that you're not log jamming their progress and their work. Um, That's something that we see a lot where attorneys kind of like assign the work and then they kind of go MIA for several days and they don't answer questions. And it makes it really difficult to get a good workflow going and get the work done the way that you want it done. I mean, you're going to get a better piece of work back if you're responsive and answering questions, giving them more information to do their best possible work. So definitely be responsive and
0: over-communicate. Makes perfect sense. All right. So as we get towards the end, I mean, what else, what, what are we missing? Are there large topics we need to cover? Is there more insight we want to make sure that we touch on for some of these things?
1: Sure. Well, um, I guess the couple of things I want to highlight when it comes to law clerk, if that's okay with you, Jordan, sure. is that I really think we have, we have a number of secret weapons that make us great for delegating substantive legal work. But two of the ones that I really think help attorneys um, the most are the following. Number one, a dedicated law clerk advisor. So whenever an attorney registers for a hiring account, meaning they need to hire some freelance help, they are automatically... Uh, paired up with a dedicated law clerk advisor. Their advisor is kind of like a concierge. Okay, we're based in Las Vegas, we're all about the concierge. Um, and the the advisor will help them navigate the site, to help them post their first couple of projects, help them select the best applicant, all of those things. So they're going to walk hand in hand with you for through your first three projects as you build confidence in the skill of delegating. And they obviously, um, they work with a couple hundred attorneys each nationwide. So they also have a lot of best practices that you can draw on and that they will use to help set you up for success with delegating. So definitely if, you, if you're going to check us out and you sign up for a hiring attorney account, take time Talk to your advisor, get to know them, and definitely take full advantage of their knowledge base and everything that they can offer. That's a great um, secret weapon for delegating with Law Clark. The second one is a feature we call Teams. So very early on, we were really lucky. We had a number of early adopters that pretty much built this model of outsourcing into their, their whole firm business model and You know, became power users for us. But the thing they said to us was, we want a way that when we find a great freelancer, we can go right back to that person without having to take applications from other people. And so we built a feature called Teams. And so attorneys can build these virtual teams of freelance lawyers for different practice areas, different skill sets, to help with a case, whatever. And so in that regard, you can build a lot of rapport and efficiencies when you're working with the same small group of freelance lawyers time and time again. And so that's another thing to keep in mind is don't, you won't be working with different people all the time. If you find, uh, you know, some freelancers that you really enjoy working with that do great work, you have an ability to work with them time and time again, of course, provided that they're available at the same time. But most of them are, and that's a really powerful way to also take your delegation to the next level. And and like you said, it can be a time saver too, because then after over time, we see a lot of projects now that get posted to someone on an attorney's team And the only instructions are like, um, okay, uh, prep this the same way we did in the Jones case. Like that's the entirety of the instructions because they just know because they've done a lot of these together now. And I think that's pretty cool. So definitely take advantage of those features and they can be a big help with your outsourcing.
0: Awesome. Excuse me. All right. So um, if you've enjoyed this episode and, and our other episodes, our next episode is going to air on Thursday. That would be the 15th. At 1.30 Eastern time, seven ways to empower your employees and build leadership with Molly McGrath. So that is going to be next, this, this Thursday, the 15th at 1.30 on empowering employees and building great leadership. All right. So Kristen, before I let you go, I want the, the ultimate tidbit, the, the diamond nugget of wisdom here. If somebody has been listening for the last about 40 minutes and they take nothing else from this. What is the biggest piece of advice that you have, the most important thing for them to keep in mind so that they can become the exhibit A of a successful attorney?
1: So the big takeaway here would be along the vein of you've got to work smarter, not harder. And you really owe it to yourself. This is a tough profession. You are constantly being faced with deadlines and demands from your clients, opposing counsel to court. It's it's not an easy profession. And when you're pushing yourself too hard, pulling too many all-nighters to get work done, when you're resisting getting help for whatever reason, you're not doing yourself any favors and you're not doing your clients any favors because you're all you're doing is putting yourself in the fast track to burnout and that's not going to get you anywhere in the long term. So if you're really committed to being in this profession for the long term and succeeding in it, um, you need to build your team. And you need to start letting go of some of these tasks and delegating them. It's you're going to see a much higher level of success over the years than if you stay in that fast lane on the on the you know highway to burn out. We don't want to see you there. So take care of yourself. You really owe it to yourself and your clients to get the help that you need.
0: Yeah, it's always interesting to me when you have the like the concept of an attorney giving their all for so long, but the all in that is not everything they possibly can. It's everything they can give without burning out. Like it's a you know, give your, I don't want to say give your less, but like ultimately, you know, you want to be a, you want to make a sustainable commitment to your firm and your future as a lawyer. For sure. For sure. So
1: yeah, no, we're really committed to attorney well-being, and that's a big part of our mission and why we wanted to build this tool for both the hiring attorneys who need help and for those freelancers that for whatever reason are looking to bring some income in to fit their lifestyle in a more flexible way than the traditional law firm career. So we really are trying to help lawyers on both sides of the equation. And Jordan, I want to thank you for having me as a guest to help talk about this topic and spread the word and hopefully make people aware of all the different options that are out there for them to get help, whatever the task is that they need to get off their to-do
0: list. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, So we've got just before you go, we've got lawclerk.legal, the website here. We've got facebook.com slash lawclerk.legal, the Facebook uh, link. We've got your LinkedIn. And then we also have your uh, Instagram shark on the run, which I think is an awesome. Yes.
1: We've seen the sharks. These are two of the little sharks here. So if you like Instagram, the little sharkies have their own account. It's all fun. It's like no business. And they're always on all sorts of adventures. And we're just kind of goofy there. So
0: Come join there us. we go. <laughs> awesome. Anything else for people to have contact info for you? We're good with those.
1: Um, if you, you know, uh, support at lawclerk.legal, reach out. If you want to set up a demo, if you want to talk to me or someone on my team in more depth, just reach out to us. Support at lawclerk.legal. We're happy to help.
0: All right. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: You're welcome, Jordan. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Exhibit A Turnings. If you're interested in becoming the Exhibit A of a Successful Attorney, please check us out at LegaleseMarketing.com. E A S E.